Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I'm super honored and excited today to have my new friend and colleague, mm-hmm. Patty Moeller. Welcome, Patty. Hi, Dawn. Thanks for having me. Thank you for your patience. We had some technical issues yeah. for a little while, but you know, better late than we're, never. We're, we're making it through, so it's all good. We're making it through. So Patty is a licensed mental health counselor in Jacksonville, Florida, and also the author of the number one best-selling book called Renew and Restore, How to Communicate, Connect, and Celebrate Your Best Self. She does a lot of amazing work with grief, trauma, addiction, depression, and anxiety. And um, But the thing that I think is so wonderful is that her work is driven by an unwavering belief that everyone is capable of designing and creating the life they were meant to live regardless of the challenges around them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So welcome. Motivate. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're here because you have a great, great perspective. And I mean, I don't really know you very well, but just from what I've seen, um, yeah, you're very, you have this very, you know, beautiful giving heart, this lovely spirit, this amazing energy. And, um, you practice what you preach. Thanks. I think I'll, I'll come back every night if I get introduced <laughs> that way. <Dawn. laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Yeah. So I, okay. So my little icebreaker question is because yeah. you live in Florida, um, mm-hmm. you love the beach and I, and, and on your Facebook page, you said the six best doctors in the world are sunlight, rest, exercise, diet, self-confidence, and friends. And it was just like, that that and the beach is yeah. like a whole new world, like a beautiful life. So what's, yes. what's it like? <laughs> you know what? I think I've lived here now. I was talking to somebody this week and isn't, I find it so scary whenever we put numbers on things, but we were talking and talking about some re- or a hospital that opened. And I was like, Oh, I've lived here before that. And she's like, well, that's been like 35 years. And I went, oh, You're like, really? like, really? Okay. So, you know, when I first moved here, it was like at the beach, like take the chair, be down there all the time. And then you get not so much. And then life happens and you get busy and then you have kids and you're not down there. And then you have kids that are older and then you're back down there again. Um, so I think it's just that place I tend to go. I love to walk. I'm not a sitter anymore. I get too fidgety. I have too Mm -hmm. much to do or my brain tells me I have too much to do. Mm -hmm. So that's maybe not my favorite place to just kind of go chill in a chair. It is my favorite place to go take a long walk, hang out with friends. And I can do it if friends are there, but just to sit and kind of (laughs) I can't do that. But it has less to do with quieting my mind because I do believe I can do that. And I do believe in downtime. It's more that I'm very aware of the sun and I just have had some skin cancer and that's just not the thing for me. So that is led by the, you know, just sitting in it and baking is just not me anymore, but I still love it down there. Now, yeah, Yeah, you want to know where my soul gets nurtured. It's in the the rivers. Yeah. The on a river in the mountains. Yeah. Where do you like to go? 
You know, I, I really am a West Coast baby. I was born and raised in Reno, Nevada. So I literally had the Truckee River running through it. Mm -hmm. uh, but anywhere that has mountains, pretty much, and if there's water, I still am drawn to the water. Uh, you know that I use the analogy of the river that runs throughout the entire right. book. I think life throws at us whirlpools and rapids, but it also has calm, beautiful wonderful um, and it was interesting that I used that throughout the book and for recently I was looking at my website which you know we don't always go look back at our website yeah and I was like oh my gosh the whole thing's about the river and I was like man that just tells you that it's just one of those things that I'm just drawn to yeah it's um well it's so it's so strange because I have been thinking a lot about you know, there's a lot of talk about masculine and feminine in the world. Yeah. And, um, and, and I have this analogy that the woman is more like the water that's sort of ebbing and flowing and it cool. could be, and could be calm or could be chaotic in the rapids. Um, but that the masculine is the river banks that okay. that's the safe container. Yeah. I call those boundaries in my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's so, interesting. Well, okay, so I got one for you, Don. Okay. Uh, because I talk about this in the book. What are the boulders? The boulders are the. Um, are they masculine or feminine for you? They could be either, really. <laughs> they could be because the, because I think some people think well, anger is just masculine, but I I feel like Mother Nature gets angry. <laughs> So, yeah, I never thought about it. I don't think that's interesting. I've never heard anger be talked as having a feminine or masculine. So that's an interesting concept. Well, like like the goddess Pele that was the yeah. volcano in yeah. Hawaii, she erupted. And then yeah. she and then she created these beautiful, lush tropic, you know, tropics. Right. So I don't know. It's like the wrath of mama. Like, like almost like when you're a mom. Don't right. mess with my child. Right. Right. That's, that's right. feminine, you know, strength and power and absolutely. Anger, right. Yeah. So what do you say the boulders are? You know, I don't think I put that they were masculine or feminine, but they certainly are that thing that, you know, that water washes around it all the time and erodes it. Right. Because that's uh -huh. how we've gotten the canyons and that's how we've gotten. So I, you know, that can be just us really stuck in our ways. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people feel like they're a boulder and sometimes life goes around people. I always think water is interesting though, because water always retains its same shape, even when it's divided and it comes back together. Mm -hmm. So when I always think of, of hitting a boulder and hitting a place in your life, yeah, it kind of spatters around and goes, but getting to the other side, it comes together again as water. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. that you can't, so that, well, and, and this is the thing too. It's like, no matter what boulder is in your way, you have the ability to somehow get over it or around it. Yeah. I have a great story about that. It's funny because I, went, I took my son um, camp, well, camping. I took him whitewater rafting in what I call real rapids out West, not the ones up North. Sorry, everybody up North, but um, <laughs> yeah, but out on the, on the big water. And you're taught as you go out that if you're going to 
hit a boulder, you hit it nose on, and then you'll just go around it. Mm. If you hit it sideways, you're going to, yeah, you're, well, you're going to be tossed out of the boat. Uh, and uh -huh. so I came upon, everybody was up front. I was back by myself in a kayak and there is a boulder about the size of this room. I mean, massive. And so I could see it coming. And so I just thought, oh, here I go. I'll be fine. I'm just going to hit it this way. Well, get caught in the, in the rapids, get caught in the undertow and I got turned sideways. And man, I smacked into that massive thing, turned upside down. There were oars one way. There was light life preservers another way. There was me another way. And I just came up laughing. And there was a man behind me trying to help and rescue. And he was like, are you okay? And I just had one question. Did he see that? Meaning my son. I just did not want my son to know that I'm the one who smacked into this boulder. And by the time we got to lunch and I got back in, one, he went and got one or I got the other. I got the kayak. I got back in. By the time we got to lunch, he was like, your, your secret's safe with me. And I, like, <laughs> and I was totally dry by the time I got to the lunch place, but then I, I confessed. But, and, and that always just reminds me, though, that's part of my lesson. I have been smacked down. Mm -hmm. I have been turned upside down and you got to, I had to learn through all of my smackdowns. I have to count on somebody. If he hadn't gone and gotten that or for me, if I hadn't said help, can you go get that one? And Don, that was one of those lessons that I had to learn really pretty in a hard way, mm -hmm. but that's also how I believe life. It'll toss you. It'll push you around, but we've, this strong, independent one, woman that I want to protect has to go time out. I need help. I need friends. I need therapists. I need people. And that I need was a, a community. Yeah. yeah. A community. And that's my analogy. Sometimes mm -hmm. we get tossed upside down. Mm -hmm. I, I thought you were going to say, um, and, and during these lessons, when you hit these boulders, instead of getting all upset, you just laugh and go, oh, huh, okay, What's, what am I supposed to learn from this? Yeah, well, and I think that's a positive point too, but I think there's some big things that we can't laugh through. Yeah. You know, definitely, I think laughter is number one. I think we have to sit back and, and if we don't have that, we're really in trouble. You and I had a brief conversation. I think that good things and laughter can coexist and I yeah. think we just have to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, because, okay, so, if we're talking about boundaries mm -hmm. and boulders, you've had your fair share of them in your life. Yeah. So how have you overcome your own boulders? Again, I think it's learning how to reach out and learning how to sit back. I think sometimes we have to just get quiet. I think we can't be so afraid of the change and change isn't always what we want it to be. You know, if we've lost a loved one, if there's a divorce, if there's a death, you know, it's it, but there is, how are we going to get through that? How do we honor somebody? If somebody's died, mine's always been, how do we honor that person? Mm -hmm. And honoring that person doesn't mean I put up a big shrine or that I have a special day or that I have a foundation. Honoring somebody can be that I'm willing to allow myself to have laughter again. Mm-hmm at the same time that I'm grieving you. It can be that, you know, a lot of people select something. It's, if it's a butterfly or a certain kind of bird that 
reminds them, that's honoring that person. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's quick. I think we have to give ourselves space and time. You know, I think a lot of people look at me and go, oh gosh, how'd you get through that? Or how'd you get through that? Look at the span of time. It's not like it happened last week. So when people mm-hmm. say, oh, God, you talk about that um, so easily or so carefully, and I'm, I've had a long time. I've had a lot of healing, but I also believe, Dawn, that if you haven't done all your work, it's a scab. And every time you bump it, it's going to get ripped off. It's going to start bleeding. It's going to feel like salt's being poured back on. Mm -hmm. And yet, if we do the work, if we heal it, there is a scar. It is never the same. Right. It never goes away. The scar never goes away. But you might be better. Yeah. You might be stronger. Can we talk about your dad? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because this this was the tragedy, right? Right. Was- so when I was about 21 years old, um, mm-hmm. was I 21? Yeah, 22 years old. I had just come back from Colorado State and was going to start my life and not knowing quite where I felt or what I was doing. I went to work for my dad, who was an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. And so I went to work for his office, and I could tell he was really off and started spending evenings with him. Um, I was living out on my own, but I was seeing him in the office. His next door office mate, I would go through because we were all good friends. I'd known him as as a child growing up. And I said, I think my dad's in a terrible place. Oh, your dad's fine. Everything's going to be, you know, he's just worried about X, X, and S. And I was like, okay, but I think it's deeper than that. And then I would see him at night and um, I would say, yeah, it's really, there is something really terrible going on. And he was the life of the party, just absolutely the life of the party. So he was a tremendous actor, as I talk about in my book. He had everybody really fooled. Um, And I remember the night that, um, I think the night that I saw him, my fiance at the time came home and they had had their own discussion out on the golf course and he knew I was exhausted. And he said, we just need to go to dinner. Can we go to dinner? And I said, yes. And we chose to go like a half an hour outside of Reno just because we wanted an extra time and we really hadn't seen each other very much. So we drove, we had dinner, we come back um, and we had gone to take the car back that we had used and we were up at his mom's house. And I just said, I know what happened. You have to get me to his house. And we went and I was actually the person who found my father. So that was three times more tragic. So yeah, it was just a very upsetting event. Obviously the story continued that it just got worse. Um, So called the police, had the ambulance, all that. So they were taking him to the hospital and I didn't even dawn on me that my brother would be the person in the emergency that was going to need to revive my father. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when we walked into, yeah, when we walked into the room that day, um, you know, my brother looked at me and I looked at him and he's just like, why are you? And you know, there's our dad. And it was just like, and there wasn't another doc in the, in the hospital at the time. So it was totally up to him until they could get some help. So the whole night just really spiraled out. And then unfortunately, um, and I do say that, and I don't mean this in a crass way, but he survived. He lived as a vegetable for the next three years. Um, so in a vegetative state. So we went through a lot of different things. Um, 
to try to figure out, do you take him off life support? What's that mean? Uh, and then add in there that I was getting married in three months. Mm. So then that became the huge decision that early on, right? And I'm right. 22 years old. Do we get married? Do we not get married? Um, all those decisions that came with, well, he's really alive, but he's in vegetable. Does his name go on the marriage invitations? Well, yes, but how's it looked at? So that was just a chaotic time, right. just a chaotic time. Right. But I'll, I have to say there were some interesting, fun moments that that have come out of that as, as tragic as it was. And it was tragic. Again, I've had a long time to, to deal with it and have had to do my work because I obviously felt tremendously guilty that any other time I would have been there. I hadn't left his side. Mm -hmm. And then that night, that's the one night I hadn't gone over. Mm -hmm. We did have our wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. And we had gone to the mountains on our honeymoon and we were out on a golf course and it was freezing cold. And my husband had big down parka on and reached in the pockets and pulled something out. And it was my father's lighter, his silver lighter. Wow. And I just looked at my husband and went, we both started crying because he was best friends with my dad. And we were like, he's here. He's here. And we don't know how the lighter got there. We're not sure if he had borrowed it from my dad. We had no idea, but we knew he was there. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was my gift. That was a gift that, and that's what I'm talking about. That was a gift to me that I got you and I'm still here and it's, it's going to be okay. So when, when you're talking about you have to do the work um, when you're grieving, what is mm -hmm. the work? It's different for everybody. You know, some people, um, I recently had somebody that had a child die by suicide and they were in on the second day after oh. it happened. And they were like, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it together and we're going to get through it. That wasn't my road. My road is that I had to take the pity party road and I had to just, you know, I just got married. So I became a wife, did my daily rituals. I'd go see him on a daily basis. And then that got difficult. I had to deal with the guilt and the trauma. Mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting dealing with all of your friends, Dawn, because nobody knows what to say. So people right. are avoiding you in the, in the supermarket. They don't know what to say. And so that also helped me be able to say some, you know, Dawn, I heard what happened. That is so tragic. I don't have to say any more than that. Yeah. But the avoidance was something that was more, almost as devastating as what had happened. It was like, where did everybody go? It's like and the so white elephant just, in the room that yeah. everybody feels uncomfortable, which is, you know, I, I feel like, I mean, I haven't read your book. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Yeah, uh, just hasn't I, gotten there. Another technical <laughs> technology glitch. Um, but I, but I feel like, uh, you know, this is an issue that so many people struggle with. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to express their own emotions. Right. They don't know how to recognize them. First of all, because right. a lot of times we repress them or suppress them or oppress them, um, and and I think like you know, the, these struggles that people deal with are a result of not being able to fully express themselves. 
And I'm hoping that as I talk freely about my story and tell my story, and it's not a huge part of the book, actually, because the book focuses on so many other things as well. But I think we need to talk about the stigma. It needs to go away. You know, we talk about health and wellness checks all the time. Nobody thinks twice about it. Do you go for your wellness check? Right. But we haven't said, is it okay to have a mental wellness check? Yeah. And so we need to erase the stigma. It's not a horrible word. I think for a long time in my early working with this whole issue for me was worried about what everybody else thought. Like I felt like kind of the leper, like, oh, there's that girl whose dad did that, you know? And so it back then had so much stigma that we wouldn't talk about it. People didn't know how to talk about it. We were afraid to say the word suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, And I certainly had my own set of stuff. Again, I have three brothers. I would tell you they have three very different stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm also the one who found them. I have a very different story than theirs. My brother, who is in the emergency room, has a very different story than my story. Right. Um, So I think we have to talk about it. I tell people, find people that'll listen to you, let you cry the rivers of tears, Mm -hmm. allow you to be angry. Mm -hmm. That people had to allow me to feel guilty. Right. People had to allow me to beat myself up that why I wasn't there. Um, And then I think just time for me. I didn't seek out a lot of therapy. Again, that was not the thing you did to get over anything back in those days. It was too busy hiding it. A lot of reading for me, a lot of good friends, a lot of talking about it. And I tell people, we have to tell our stories until they no longer have air. Yeah. Yeah. Until they lose that, uh, that charge, right? Yes. Yeah. Whether that's a divorce, whether that's a, a death of somebody, we should always have that freedom to be able to tell our story and tell our story and tell our story. Yeah. That's how we heal. Every time, Dawn, that we tell a story, we release a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We release a little bit more of the pain. So when people say to me, how can you talk about it like so easily? I've had a long time. Mm-hmm. It's part of my story. It's my scar. Right. I am healed. It doesn't doesn't mean that I can't feel sad or get upset about it at certain times, but it's not what defines me as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, as a sister. It just doesn't define me. It's just a part of who you are. Yeah. You know, I mean, even when you said get over it, you don't ever get over it. Over it. it. No, you deal with it. You get through it. You get through it. Right. And, 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 and that, and that whole part of I can, I can be feeling joy and I still am triggered and feel some sadness, or I can be in my sadness and still celebrate something else in my life. I can do them simultaneously. It doesn't have to, I don't have to live in one space or the other. It's like, I can be really, I can be bawling my eyes out and two minutes later, then something makes me laugh. Absolutely. And yet when that's the hardest thing I think for people to come to terms with. You know, if you're dealing with a really tough subject, a divorce, a a death of a child, an overdose, a suicide, people feel so guilty about moving forward and having joy. And part of my work as a therapist is to help people understand, just like you said, 
part of the, the heart can be so sad and torn apart and we can still laugh and have joy. I still enjoyed every minute of my wedding, dang. you know, and I'm, yes, there were moments where I'm like, dang it. Why weren't you here? He here yeah. And yet he was, yeah. he really was. He was with his friends. He was in a lot of different ways. So it's just learning how to get through that. And I think I will always give my mom credit, Don. My mom gave me such a very, very strong foundation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I lost my way. And a lot of times, sometimes I did a lot of self-blame. But she had done such a great job in the foundation that if I wandered away, I could always find my my way back towards that center of going, now, wait a minute, who am I really? Mm-hmm. I am her daughter. She taught me so much. Um, so that, that to me was, and but we got to realize too, not everybody has that foundation. Mm-hmm. Do you think your brothers got that same foundation? Um, two different moms. So I have a biological brother and two half brothers. Uh But interestingly enough, yes, very much. I would have said, um, it's interesting, both our um, mothers have shared the same birthday, which I've always found Whoa. Yeah, I always thought that was interesting. But she, and I knew her extremely well. She was a beautiful, beautiful woman as well. So I think both boys, um, or all those two boys and, and my biological brother, I think we all had the same foundation phenomenal people uh-huh. yeah so, so what what made you um go become a counselor oh that's a great you know that's a that's a good story um i've had quite the experience my life my career has been all over the place i started out as an english um teacher in high school and yeah and taught tennis <laughs> i played professional tennis for a number of years oh my gosh tennis for a number of years And then um, I owned a health and fitness center. So I owned a studio and taught classes. So mind, body, and spirit was pretty prevalent with me. Uh And I I remember my son was graduating from um, high school. I had been, lived in Australia for a number of years, started to paint ceramics and had a pretty big ceramics business here in Jacksonville and did the art shows up and down the coast. And like a Renaissance woman, Patty. Yeah. It's like, I kind of, that's why I say the career's kind of everywhere, but which has all led me to here. And so we were just sitting here. It was the economy crashed. And so why are you going to spend $75 for a hand painted bull from me when you can go to pier one and spend $5 Right. So all of a sudden I'm watching this business. I'm in the middle of a divorce Mm. and I'm thinking, yikes, now what? And so I really thought about it and thought, what the heck am I going to do? And I, I said, I'd go back to school. And then the ticker tape, you were too old. You can't do this. Mm. You can't pay for it. You don't have the time. There's no way you can do this. And I thought, I sat right in this living room and I said, all excuses. Every one of those is an excuse. What would you do? And I literally sat five feet, I was standing there and I thought, I'd put it all together and I'd be a therapist. I walked over to this laptop, looked it up and five minutes was UNF and they had a K-CREP 
accredited school and I applied that that minute. Wow. And so mine's truly, I believe in mind, body, and spirit. I use a lot of artwork in my in my sessions. Creativity uh, is so important. Yes. Mindfulness. You know, talking about fitness is a huge piece of that. If people come in and they're depressed, I do gratitude journals. Everybody has to do a, a gratitude. has to. They don't have to do anything. Uh, but I encourage them. They can choose them. to. I, they can yeah. choose to. I suggest strongly. I strongly uh, invite you. Yes. And uh, that is the thing I think that gets me through the worst of times is gratitude. Mm. And I think um, how is it how how is it helpful? How does it change your perspective? What oh, is it, why, is, why is it important? Because we stop focusing out there on everything that's terrible, and it makes us get mindful about what is right here in front of us. Mm -hmm. um, after I'd gone through the divorce, I'm going through this catharsis of now what in my life I found myself in a space where I was barely moving mm. uh, my son was going back and forth you know we had joint custody and he was coming back and forth from the homes so I would rally for him and then and I'd fall apart and not get out of bed mm. and finally a friend said just do me a favor do 30 days 10 things a day for 30 days and I thought okay I got nothing. So I know I okay. was going to say, if you're feeling terrible, it's like, I, can I think of anything good? <laughs> I brought the book out. We did a podcast on gratitude the other day and I brought them out. And, um, the very first three days say open eyes 10 times. That's all I wrote. Open eyes, open eyes. And I showed it. Wow. And I second page, third page, fourth page says put feet on floor. Wow. And that's all it says. And then it's a cup of coffee. And then it's, I went outside today. And then my son came home. And so then you just see this. Like progression. This river mm. that I'm drawn through and that I'm being pulled through. And I start literally coming out of it. And then afterwards, I thought, mm, was it really the gratitude? And I thought, I don't know what else it was because I wasn't, I was in such a dark place. I wouldn't go to therapy. Um, that's always interesting. Right. And that's yeah. interesting for me to have to deal with as a therapist. You're too right. struggling too much to be able to get to, to right. anybody. Right. And I really did started studying gratitude and it's those big things, you know, it's my family, my friends, my son started being back on there. I think he showed up about the fifth day. He, he, you know, so he was always there. And then I've done a lot of studying, Dawn, about gratitude. And one of my friends um, who I met at a gratitude seminar, um, we would call because part of gratitude is to tell people what your gratitudes are, to share them. Really? Yeah, that's a great one. That. It helps to put it out in the universe. Huh, okay. So we were going back and forth and he was reading his and he did his list. I said, what'd you just say? And he said, read the, I said, you have your thumbs on your gratitude list. And he said, Patty, have you ever stopped to think what your thumbs do for you throughout the day? And I was like, wow, there is a man that took it from family and my health to I got thumbs. Wow. Right? Wow. 
And then in that same session, the instructor talked about finding, I write at night. That's how I personally do it. And I keep my little journals by my bed. And then I thought, well, he instructed us to think about what you want to put on your gratitude when you get to your little notebooks or wherever you put them. Mm-hmm. That changed my practice again. And that was like five or six years in because now I'll go, it was so fun. And I have so much gratitude for being on a podcast with Don. Well, when I go to bed, you know, I'm writing that down, but I start in the morning uh-huh. and I can remember because see for a depressed person, they get to the end of the day. Like I do and go, what do I got? Mm. I have nothing. Now you talk about depressing. Yeah. It's depressing when you can't think of what you have gratitude for. Yeah. So if you start doing thinking about it during the day and then writing it down, you'll remember, or at least I do. When I help my clients, I actually have them carry the little notebook. I, they, they all get a notebook from me and they carry the notebook. But I learned the best thing ever about a year and a half ago. What's that? So when we write in our journals, uh-huh. we actually take pen to paper, crayon to paper, whatever you're using. It's actually the vibration of the pen to the paper that helps calm down your parasympathetic nervous system. And that's what helps calm us down. Really? So think about this as a kid. I've never heard of that. I I learned it like a year, like I said, a year and a half ago. It was phenomenal. when we take kids out to dinner, what do most parents do, except for a little bit more modern, right? We give them crayons and pencils. Yeah. Not only is it fun for them to do, the vibration is helping them calm down, which is opposite of handing your child a computer, which right. ignites their brain and absolutely brings up the sympathetic nervous system. Right. So if we want to calm people down, we have them journal we have them write. We have them write letters. Color. Is that color. why they have those like adult coloring books? Coloring like books. Mandalas and. Yeah. 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 Do you use those in your therapy? I do. Okay. I do vision boards as well. Uh-huh. Sitting with women, especially, you know, my age, they come in, they raise their kids. They now retiring. They come in and say, I'm lost. I don't have a clue. Mm. And that's because they've given and given and given. Right. And haven't stayed in tune to who they are. Mm-hmm. So I will send them out and say, go do a vision board. And just freewheel it. And so I don't tell them what they're going to do with that vision board. But when they come back in, that's the discovery process. Mm. Because I'll say, tell me about the board. Oh, it was good. It was fun. And I'll say, hold What'd it up. Find? What'd you find? And they'll start talking uh-huh. and they can hear the story uh-huh. of why they chose that particular picture, why they chose a water scene and why water's in there 10 times. Uh-huh. Why is a couple in there 10 times? Why is there a child only half and off to the side? Uh-huh. Like they don't process and I don't ask them to process on their own. That's what I do in the office. Mm-hmm. But vision boards are awesome. What a beautiful, um, yeah, what a beautiful self-discovery. It is. It's really fun. I, I think that's... There you go, Dawn. I, I, actually, I actually think that, that um, 
that's what people are missing. You know, What's like that? When, when they feel like I don't know where to go, I don't know who I am. It's like they, they've stopped exploring themselves. They've, they've stopped um, giving themselves permission to do things that bring them joy. But that's, that's actually what the title of my book was going to be. My, it is now, you know, Renew and Restore, How to Communicate, Connect, and Celebrate Your Best Self. Uh -huh. It was about giving permission. Because we, as especially women, don't give our permission. We are so busy doing anything else for everybody. Mm -hmm. We don't stop and think exactly what you said. Where, where's my tank getting full? Right. What do and I for want? a lot? What do I? Well, want? and for a lot of years, right? I can honestly say my joy was raising my son. Uh -huh. That was great joy, but not to get lost in that—that that you have no idea. And a lot of that falls into codependency too, when you do everything for everybody else, but you fail to look at yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a lot of us have lost that, what brings us joy? Mm -hmm. People come into my office and say, and I'll say to them, so what brings you in today? Well, I want happiness. Define happiness. And they'll go, right. huh? <laughs> I go, well, how are we gonna find it if, we, if you, can, <laughs> you, can't. you don't even know what that is? And that's, that's the joy of the mandalas. That's the joy of taking photographs. That's the joy of just going on a bike ride and, and being with yourself. We've lost the ability to be calm, to daydream. Daydreaming to is where we solve our, prom, our, our, prom, our problems. Because mm -hmm. how do you daydream if it's busy 18 hours out of the day? <sighs> Do you ever listen to Abraham Hicks? Yes. Okay. So she says, so she says, um, when people ask you what you're doing, you say, I'm daydreaming. Right. <laughs> and people go, what? What? Why? And then, then you'll get this one. Why would you do that? Right. <laughs> because I'm tired of being so busy. Yeah. And I'm tired of feeling disconnected. Right. And I don't, you know, it's not, it's just keeping me in this place where I don't feel joy. This doesn't light me up. I'm just like in this autopilot. Pilot. You know, um, when you were talking about, you know, having joy raising your kid, it, it reminded me of your grief doesn't define you. No. You're raising your kid doesn't define you. No. It's a part of your story. Yeah. But it's not who you are. It's not your identity. No, no. So, so how do we rediscover our identity? Because I think this is all tied to your mind, body, soul. So yes. I mean, because I have the same perspective. Yeah. And I am so incredibly sad. I have spent the last two years um, putting together a retreat that was going to happen in October and COVID has knocked oh, it out. Yeah. And it was definitely exactly what we're talking about. It was going to be four days of how women come back and discover. We have to have conversations. We have to sit with really good girlfriends and be able to have the tough conversations. We need to be able to put, it's not even in my vicinity, the phone down. It's learning how to reconnect first with ourselves before we can connect with others. Mm -hmm. 
anybody who knows me will tell you I have a love-hate relationship with technology. Shoot, you and I have a love-hate yeah. tech. We tried to connect <laughs> all week and this thing was supposed to be an hour ago. And we, <laughs> you know, so technology was not our friend, but right now it's our best friend. Right. Uniting us. So I have this love-hate relationship. But until people really put down the phone and using thumbs to mm -hmm. connect, a uh -huh. uh, great experience th this last week, and it was absolutely, this person has read my book, knows how I feel about it, knows we need to pick up the phone. And I hadn't heard from this person in January, from January, and you know, think of everything that's happened, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, everything that's happened, we all know that, the, the world's been on shutdown, and I was extremely hurt. This person hadn't called, and they have a full family, full house, all that kind of stuff. I live alone. Not a single phone call, and I must admit, and I had reached out to them several times mm -hmm. and never got a, a call back, mm -hmm. and so my feelings were hurt. So when this person called, it was a little icy, and um, they said, well, I can tell things aren't good. And I said, well, I'm a little surprised that I haven't received a phone call. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it and they said, I feel really connected to you. I said, Can you help me understand how you feel very connected to me? We haven't talked one word since January and I've reached out several times. Mm -hmm. And they said, but I've seen you on Facebook and I've seen your Instagram, like you're lighting it up. You've got things going, you're, you're, doing stuff you've got the retreat and i said you feel connected to me because of my social media and i said you're looking at professional photos that are put out and you're looking at posts that i probably scheduled months ago and you think you're connected to me so the only way you would have known right now that I'm upset or that I feel I've been dismissed is you heard my voice. Mm. Because if, if you had sent another text saying, hi, how are you? You would have gotten back again. Fine. Right. And this has been, Dawn, such a tough time for everybody, but it's been extremely tough for therapists. There, we're inundated with people. Mm -hmm. We have our, we're equally concerned. Right. You know, so I think we just have to, this COVID stuff, if you have anybody, if anybody's listening out there, if you have anybody that's single, lives by themselves, a nurse, don't text them, pick up the phone. They need to hear a human voice. They need to have connection. That's what's going to ground us. That's what's going to get us out of this, mm -hmm. is reconnecting. Human beings are not meant to, to be at their, in their homes 24-7. They are not meant to not hug people. That's what, oh my gosh, I miss right? so much. Because, you know, my kids are older teenagers and they're like, right. no, Mom, we don't want to hug you. We hug our friends. Yeah. I'm like, I miss my hugs. Yeah, I, I had lunch with friends today and we all looked and did this and we were like, yes. And we were big bear hugs. It was just awesome. And it was like, oh, that feels so good. But you can get touch in another way as well. We put on lotion. If you're single, you can put on lotion, bubble baths. I do. I do. It's, mm -hmm. it's still not the same. No. Massages help because that's human touch. Yeah. yeah. So we can still get it. It's not the same. A yeah. hug is a hug. Yeah, a hug is, and my my family is big on hugs. 
So like, yeah. it, you know, I have another, I have another job and, and I hug a lot of people <laughs> at the right. other job. and they're like, Oh my God, you give the best hugs. And I was like, I know because I like them. <laughs> so yes. I like to give them. Yes. Yeah. But that, that whole sense of reconnection, you know, because we're so, we're so disconnected in our separate spaces. And I mean, I think I'm, we as I'm, women. Thank, I'm thankful that we have this, you know, like when we were on, yeah. the, when I met you last week on this call, it was like, oh, this is so great. And, you know, this a new opportunity to meet new yeah. people and connect. Right. Absolutely. And that's, you know, what that platform commune, um, convene communities is about, is about connecting. And I just think that we as women, especially, and that's why, you know, hopefully one day I'll get back, but retreats are so important mm -hmm. to be able to go away, take time out. Mm -hmm. um, when I was feeling pretty burnt out several years ago, I decided as a single woman, how am I going to travel that I wanted to go somewhere? Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'll go do a yoga retreat. Oh, My friends are like, lovely. do you do yoga that much? And I was like, no, but it, they have to be good people, right? Like they can't yeah. be terrible people. <sighs> and so I went on a yoga retreat down to Mexico. I took Where? four books. Yes. Oh, my God, has gone twice. Oh, let's it. go. Come with me. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. So I went and um, when I checked into the hotel, I handed him my iPad and my cell phone and said, put these in the safe and do not give them back to me unless the world is blowing up. Wow. I had given my son and a neighbor the telephone number of Maya Tulum and said, you can call if the world's blowing up. <laughs> I had four books with me. I didn't read one. Wow. I would sit, I went out of obligation. I thought, okay, well, I should go to yoga, right? Since that's why I was here. <laughs> Didn't know any of these people. So I showed up at the- Did you poses. know any of the poses? No, not really. But uh -huh. I didn't care. I was, I was only going to go to one and then be on my own, right? Uh -huh. So I went to the first one and I loved it. And I ended up doing like four hours a day. <gasps> I mean, I became, yeah, I became oh obsessed while I was gosh, on this. Gosh, wow. I did every spa treatment. My friend, these people, I call them my friends. So a couple of them have, and I have become best friends. It's who I had lunch with today. Um, wow. And they were leading the retreat. But they would laugh the night before and go, so Patty, what are you doing? I said, oh, tomorrow's the seaweed mud bath. And they're like, oh my God. And I said, I have planned on this trip for a year. I'm not missing out on anything. I literally did not engage unless I had to. At Maya Tulum, you don't put shoes on. It's sandy and little water foot baths outside your room so nice i just didn't do anything and i don't think my soul has ever been that regenerated of just to sit on the beach my friends would come up and chat for a few minutes and then they would go off if I wanted to sit with people at dinner, I sat with people at dinner. Mm -hmm. There was a great one one night. They got in this, there are nine of us at the table, and they got in this huge discussion about addiction. Oh. Mm -hmm. I'm an addictionologist. It's 80% yeah. of my practice. Yeah. And I wanted to go. And I went, I'm just going to sit back and listen. I said not one word. Interesting. The, and of the course, they had, and it was they, had fun. No, they had no idea, right? No, because I didn't tell anybody I was yeah. a therapist. I didn't want anyone to, you know, think right. that I was right. therapizing. Working, working, yeah. 
And so the next morning at breakfast, one of the guys came up and he said, Kyle, you were just like so quiet. And I said, true confession. It's exactly what I do and what I don't want to talk about. He's like, oh, you should have said something. I said, no, it was so interesting to hear everybody else's points of view. Yeah. I didn't need to add a single thing. It was fascinating to me. And we all just laughed. And then the word was out. Nobody said anything. They just left me alone. But it was funny. But that was the best. Didn't even have time to read a book. That's how checked out I was. So just did spa. So shouldn't tune we do in. that? Shouldn't we do that every, like, often? <laughs> every often? I think... Um, yeah, I really do. I think women should even just, I think we can even do it. We, if we just take a magazine and went and sat out back, I think even finding 30 minutes, but most women I, I talk to and try to help say, I could never do that for 30 minutes. Like I, I we have to learn how to find that space to recharge our batteries. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we come back into my offense and say, who am I? I have no motivation. I don't know how to get going because we didn't fill the well back up because we give and give and give Mm -hmm. as women. That's our nature. Um, We tend to be caretakers. Well, it's, it's our nature, but we are built to also, I mean, this is the part of the masculine and the feminine, right? Right. We talked a little bit about, but the women are built to receive and anatomically, they're built to receive. Oh, correct. Right? Correct. And the man is built to give. Correct. And we are supposed to be. And we don't do that. And we don't. It's like we're, we're constantly fighting against our natures. Right. You know, if you, think, if you think about like old tribal, you know, yes. women just sat around and probably they kept busy doing stuff, but they were just sort of being, it wasn't like they were busy doing, they were just being and communing. Maya Tulum taught me how to be a human being and not a human doing. Yeah. And I, you know, I talk about it in the book. I talk about how there used to be sewing circles mm-hmm. and you think about those old quilting sewing circles we had generation upon generation upon generation and so the the people that were the matriarchs of that were telling the stories and passing down the morals and the values and the stories and the history mm-hmm. and not only were the younger ones learning how to sew but then you have the toddlers that were just toddling along they're still absorbing all this right Today, somebody lives in California, somebody lives in New York, somebody's up in Canada. Nobody all lives in the same space. Community, right. And so it's really important that we learn to take that time and create traditions of what's important for each family and how that's going to look for each family. I still think coming together at the end of the night is so imperative. And people will be like, but we don't have time for dinner anymore because there's baseball and soccer and ballet right Right. i always say then find dessert Mm. it just is a matter that you sit down as a group and be able to say what happened to you today yeah how was your what was meaning what was meaningful what was was funny what was fun what was funny yeah right 15 20 minutes we don't need it to be a big production right 
I teach my families how to have family um, meetings. meetings. They're, yeah, they're half an hour. Uh-huh. My favorite story out of all of this was I had a family trying to buy in. I said, because the ob- objects, they have to ask two questions. What was... Um, what went really well this week Mm -hmm. and what didn't go so great this week. Mm -hmm. It's all the two questions. And so one of my families was taught, mom started it, dad did it the next week. Then, then they get down to the children once they figure out how this works. And the deal is, is that you can choose wherever you want to have your meeting. You can choose whatever food you want, all that kind of good stuff. Uh And I usually think of snacks and popcorn and ice cream. And this one mom called me and she's like, okay, do we do this? And I said, what? The little six-year-old went up to her and said, my meeting, it will be held in the park at six o'clock and we're having pizza. Woohoo! And she was like, do we do it? I said, do you do of this? Course. Like, how? I've never seen anything more creative out of a <laughs> six-year-old ever. And she called me and just said it was the best. They ordered pizza, went to the park. Yeah. He asked his two questions, got whatever answer it was. They played, and it was a great night. But that also shows you that the mom had to call and say, should and I ask, do this? If she had to ask permission. Right. Is it okay? Is it okay to play? Is it okay right. to be? Is it okay to just create? Yeah. Is it okay to have some fun? Yes. We've gotten just so do 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 do. Let's go down this road of life. Yeah. 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 So how can I mean this this is it. I mean, I, I feel like this is all part of um why we're so uh, suppressed with our emotions because we don't allow ourselves to just kind of be and create and connect and, and play. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Uh You know, all our play toys, so to speak, were taken away from us. Uh The beach, going out and meeting somebody in a restaurant, going to a movie, going out for a bike ride in those first few weeks. So I think that's what we're all experiencing right now is how can we get back out? How can we play? How can we connect? Uh Uh, And I think certain families have done a superior job. You know, you see the the big tents in the living room where people are, you know, hanging out and doing stuff. So I think people have become really creative, which is awesome. But that's the normalcy that we're all looking forward to having again. We have to play. Playing is just part of part of that freedom and part of the way our brains love to just again daydreaming. That's how our brains get freed up. Uh If we're ever stuck in a situation, go take a walk, jump on your bike. All of a sudden it goes, oh, that's what I need to do. Yeah, when you stop thinking about it, then the answers come. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's trying to get out of your mind Mm -hmm. and back into your heart. Heart. Your heart. Yeah. But then we have to slow down long enough to listen. Yeah. Yeah, it's that you know, it's that whole sense of really reconnecting with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's your, it's your true essence, but we were so, we've spent, you know, building these lives full of busyness and doing that we don't know how to reconnect. I mean, this is, this is why I thought COVID was actually a really good thing because it's giving people opportunities to recognize, to recognize what, 
was I so busy doing before that's really not, not that essential. Right, Don. And I think what I'm challenging everybody to think about is what are you going to take with you as you move forward out of this? Yeah. You know, I'm having dad say, yeah, I'd never, I haven't had dinner at home. Every night we had dinner. I loved it. I'm going to make sure I'm home three nights a week or four mm. nights a week. Yeah. I think we're really watching people say, I thought I had to work 12 hours a day and man, I can knock it out in about seven or eight yeah. and still be able to deal with the kids and go have fun. So the challenge is, is what, what good things are we going to take yeah. forward that we really did enjoy? Yeah. And did you find out that I don't like not connecting with my, my friends. That's equally important. Right. I called one or, of my or friends. Or which, which friends do I want to and which friends don't I necessarily sure. want to. Sure. I think you're going to see a lot of shifting in, in people, you know, on how we come out of this. Uh, I think it's real important for people to figure out. I'm hoping people were able to get still. Mm -hmm. We also saw people get still and then the monkeys went crazy and you know i never stopped working because when those monkeys go crazy for people you get called don't understand it yeah you know it's scary to all of a sudden have these thoughts because they've pushed them away right by all the busyness right and so let's take like we'll, i'll connect it back to the um death of my dad had i not done my work that trauma would have come back and revisited me, mm -hmm. possibly. Mm -hmm. If I had to sit here and be in, in the silence and not be busied, that might be one of those monkeys that rises up and said, by the way, you haven't dealt with me. And are you gonna look at me now? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gonna force you to look at me. Mm -hmm. Okay, you don't wanna look at me? Well, too bad, here I am. And that's what's rising up out of a lot of people is if they've had trauma and it's not quite done yet, it's rising up. If people had trauma and didn't know it, they don't understand what all this is. Right. So that's what's been also really interesting to me. Number one way to deal with any of this, do you know what it is? Go ahead. Yoga. Mm. It's the mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. So the number one healer for trauma, any trauma. Because when we have a trauma, and that's mm. probably what happened to me we disassociate from it our brains right. turn off right we can't handle anymore so we need to learn that we are in control of our body meditation helps us learn that we are in control of our thoughts mm -hmm. and that's the number one thing so when people come to me yes i'm going to help them in in my in a way but i'm also recommending gratitude journals artwork um, going to yoga. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people think licensed mental health therapists are going to be prescribing. What, 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 what do you want me to go do? Right. Yeah. But it's that mind body connection. Yeah. It's like, I want you to get healthy in all areas of your life. All areas. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that, that's why I resonated with you because I've been saying that for, you know, 30 years. Like I had wanted to go back and get my master's degree in exercise physiology because yeah. I, I was a dancer and then I taught aerobics and, you know, managed some health clubs and, um, actually our stories are kind of similar. I was just going to say our separate paths are so similar. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. But, but anyways, when I, when I sort of, um, I got another career, I have another career 
And in, in the midst of it, I was like, you know what? It's not just exercise that I'm concerned about. It's no. overall wellness. It's the emotional wellness, the spiritual wellness, the psychological wellness, the physical wellness. And so that's when I went back to school to get my counseling license. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is, I'm, have you done the artist way? No. No, that's a great uh, higher pathway. No, this, this. The spiritual pathway to higher creativity is the tagline. Okay. The artist's way has a lot of great, great ideas about opening up yourself creatively mm-hmm. and being inspired. And yeah. um, it's just an evolution. You know, it's just an exploration and evolution. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's like all of this stuff that we sort of put to the side because we're because we're living our lives, you know, under these like duties and obligations of who am I, who am I supposed to be to everybody else? Yeah. And I think, you know, you're talking about, and I sort of, I'm assuming that your book is a lot about really coming home to yourself. It's interesting. It's a little bit all over the place. It talks about how we use words um, and how important words are. I definitely have a chapter on technology and how to connect Uh it's about it's it's truly about how how to connect with yourself but how to connect with others Mm -hmm. um and and pretty very simple steps we don't have to change much if we just change the word you to an i statement it changes everything you know if i say to you tonight you look great tonight don you're gonna automatically go okay did I not look so great the other night when you met me? No, I say, I say, thank you, Patty. That's really sweet of you to say. Yeah. And then in your brain, you're going, oh my gosh, what did I have on the other night? But if I change it and say, I love the green shirt, it brightens everything up. You're like, great. Thanks. I just got it. You'll tell me a story. Uh-huh. The word you comes with um, a lot. Well, first it comes with the shaming finger. I never knew this was called the shaming uh, finger. Uh-huh. And you need to get better grades. You have to go to school. You need to make your bed. You need to go outside. You should uh-huh. eat your dinner. It becomes the shaming. And we just hear the word you and we're automatically taken back to however that was said to us, whether it's kindergarten, parents, whatever. Right. And we normally either cock a hip or take a small stance back. Mm. And both are defensive positions because we want to make a defense over it. And so when we learn to switch it around and start sentences with I, I love your shirt, it softens you in such a way Mm. that you can receive my information, Mm. whether it's good or not so good, but you're still open to it. It didn't close you off with Mm -hmm. one word. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of tips like that throughout the book to just help people communicate better. Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think that so many, and based on, based on, you know, how you were raised, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people grew up in with hard situations in their families, sure. challenges, challenging situations. And so I think that, you know, resources like yours to help people learn how to live in a better, more fulfilling way, mm-hmm. right? Little things that help you um, understand more about yourself and help you create more authentic um, and intimate connections with the people around us. Because I know you say, uh, you know, everybody wants to be seen, heard, and validated. Validated. Right. 
This is Absolutely, what we all, everybody this is what does. we all want. I feel like this mm -hmm. is this is like our base need. But through our words and with not having active listening, we we aren't. You know, if right. you say to somebody, um, "What'd you hear me say?" and they go, "I heard you," they didn't hear a word you said. Yeah. If they can't even touch, a, you know, I can see you're upset. That would tell me they know something's right. wrong. Right. Um, but yeah, we all want to be seen, heard, and validated as human beings. And until we slow down enough for that, that's where we lose ourselves, but that's where others get lost as well. Mm -hmm. Yoga. Yoga. Return to the I feel soul. like I'm fading into the dark. Do you need me to turn <laughs> on a light? I feel like, what no. happened here? <laughs> no, it's okay. It's funny. It's okay, but we're, you know, we're a little bit long on time, so. Oh, okay. Are we? Just a little. Oh, we are, but that's Just a okay. little. We, we knew we would do that. We did. We did. Um, so I'm going to ask you the, the, like my, my big question that I ask all my guests is oh. because my podcast is called Wake Up to Real Love, is how do you define real love? Real love is knowing yourself and loving yourself first. And I think once you know that how much you love yourself, you're never alone, you're never lonely. You might want to be with other people, but I think when you can really love yourself, then you are really open to receiving mm. other people's love and letting your girlfriends in and your children in and your husband in and loved ones and fiancés. But I think that has to start here if there's any doubt of who you are. And I think that's that we're always growing and working on that. I'm not saying that that's always the same. But when we really learn to forgive ourselves, to love ourselves, mm -hmm. to be able to look in the mirror and not see hair or wrinkles or whatever, but look at that person in the mirror and say, I really love you mm -hmm. and mean it. Mean it and yeah. mean it, yeah. that's real love to me. Because yeah. that means you're open to anybody else. Otherwise you have a barrier. Right. You just, you just speak my language, Patty. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you invited me on. This has been awesome. Me too. I mean, everything that you were just saying, so, so my mantra for the podcast is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. Oh, wow. I'm going to tell you, I honestly didn't know that. Yeah. Synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so thank you for um, seeing, hearing, and validating me. <laughs> oh, thank you for seeing, hearing, and validating me. It's been lovely. It's been awesome. It's been fun. It was fast. <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you? How can people buy your book? Work I love you. that. It, the book is on Amazon. The book is called Renew and Restore. I can't believe I didn't, I usually have it here and I can pick it up, but it's called Renew and Restore, how to communicate, connect and celebrate to your best self. Uh -huh. It's on Amazon. You can get a Kindle or the hardback. If you want to reach me, you can find me at pattymullercounseling.com. And if you want to email me, it's going to keep going with that same flow. It's patty at pattymullercounseling.com. So I look forward to hearing if anybody wants to reach out. I'd love to talk to you, help yeah. in any way I can. And they can find, they can also find you at, at Convene. At Convene Communities, I'm on there. I am actually, hold on to it, in the Renew and Restore community. There you go. <laughs> so that's the brand. We're going to renew and restore ourselves this year. So yes. And is that for all, I mean, is that for men and women and all ages? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I, I found a lot of people 
said to me, Ooh, the book has a little bit of a woman's flavor. And I was like, Oh, I'm real surprised. It was right in the very beginning. And I actually sent it to a couple men and they were like, absolutely not. Like I couldn't put the book down and I read it and that wasn't it. So yeah, I definitely think we, minute, you know, we talked about women so much men need to renew and restore as well. Oh yeah. You know, you get some really workaholics and that type of thing. So I'm not trying to dismiss them at all. And it's not geared just towards women. We as human beings need to connect to yeah. each other. <clears throat> that's what I'm hoping comes out of all of this. Yeah. We need to connect it and we need to learn how to just be. Yes. Yeah. So thank yeah, you. Be a human being, not a human doing. Exactly. <laughs> so um, for all of the listeners, I know that, uh, you know, we've shared so much wisdom and um, just insights into how to learn to be right. So yeah. please, so please subscribe to the wake up to real love podcast and share with all of your friends, um, you know, write reviews, yes. recommendations. You can write and give us, give me suggestions for, you know, things that you want to hear more about, um, stories, you know, you would like to like to tell. Um, and then, and then you can find me at, uh, on Facebook and Instagram as the awakening with Dawn. And I, I specialize in helping people overcome heartbreak. That's, that's my gig. I <laughs> love that. Yeah. We all experience it. And right. Uh, Absolutely. There's another real life human condition. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this is, you know, reconnecting with yourself and uh, you know, learning how to love and accept yourself. So Find me, uh, Dawn Richard, at The Awakening with Dawn. And then um, everybody, you know, as, as I said, the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. It starts there. So every day, look in the mirror. Yes. And say, I love and accept myself right yes. here and right now. Yes. And uh, every day, wake up to more and more real love. So thank you. And gratitude. So, and gratitude. Yes. Yep gratitude. So I'm going to get one of those little books and put it right by my, by my Absolutely. Head. Yeah, they're oh, the great, best. Great idea. So thank you so much for being here with me, uh, Patty. You, I John. look forward to getting to know you and let's go to Tulum. I was just going to say that. I didn't know if we could say that on camera, but off camera, let's <laughs> figure out when we're going because I want to go back. All right. So um, we'll talk more. All, All right, right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.